0: right psalms 25 verse 12 who are those who fear the lord he will show them the path that they should choose say "Choose." choose that's what we're going to talk about today choices in fact i've entitled today's message choices i mean we're here at the dawn of a new year right People decide, well, I'm going to make better choices this year. I'm going to do this. And we start making these resolutions. That's what we're going to talk about today. But it says, he will show them the path. It doesn't say just think to yourself what I, I think that'd be good. But let him show you the path. If you let him show you the path, verse 13 says, those who fear him and let him show them the path, they will live in prosperity. Prosperity. And their children will inherit the land. How many of you could use a little more blessing and a, less, a little less curse in your life right now? How many of you would like to see your children inherit God's goodness as well? How many of you would like to pass it on down? Well, they will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. The Lord is a friend, you see, to those who fear him. He wants what's best for your life. And it says he teaches them his covenant. Because he's your friend, he teaches you his ways. Because he's your friend, because he wants you in prosperity, because he wants your children to inherit the land, he teaches you his word. His word is his way. His word is his path. His word is his plan for your life. It's not some far-off dusty book that that means nothing to you. It means everything to you. In fact, John says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us in verse 14 of John. Jesus is the Word. And that Word will lead you down the right path, the path that you shall choose. Say, choices. That's the hard part. We have to choose. He's provided everything that pertains to life and godliness, like I said. But you choose. You have to choose. Sometimes our choices ain't so good. (laughs) I remember that time I told you a story about me going snow skiing. But I want to tell it to you in the light of choices. Because... First of all, I chose to wear that bright orange FedEx jumpsuit (laughs) to the the slopes in Colorado. And those people saying, what is this? It's hit our slopes today. (laughs) And I went up there and I paid my money and and rented the skis. And they were saying, "Uh, did you want to get some snow skiing lessons? Because they could see by the orange jumpsuit that I had never skied before. And I said, no, I think I'll just learn on the way down. (laughs) Well, my first lesson was when I walked smooth out the door and my skis hit that, that ice, that snow for the first time and I began to move. And I didn't know how to stop, I didn't know how to turn and I was just doing this number right here and went right through the rope lines leading for all the people waiting in line to get on the lift. And, and I took about five of them with me in the ropes. And, and there was one theme that kept going forth from these people's mouths, ski lessons. They were pointing over there. That's where you need to be, not in this line. But not me. I was hard headed. I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad when you're heckled in your own church. But I like it. <laughs> that was a good one. All right, so I was sticking with my choice. And then when that that ski lift come got you, it hit me down low because I'm kind of tall, and it snatched off one of my skis. And I began to go up in the air with one uh, warm sock dangling in the air and one ski on. And in my lightning fast mind, I was thinking, uh, I've never skied before. I don't know how to get down on two skis. I certainly don't know how to get down the mountain on one ski. So I made an executive decision. Say a choice. choice. I jumped off the ski lift. Oh, I was about 10 feet high, about as high as that roof. But it was snow below me, so I survived the fall. But the guy that was running the ski lift didn't appreciate it. He had this big lever. He <laughs> and he shut down the whole ski lift all the way up the mountain for because I jumped off. And he began to cuss me two ways past Sunday. I, and, of course, I'm down there in my orange jumpsuit trying to gather up my stuff. And he's just up there cussing me. And I'm thinking, boy, when this Mississippi boy gets back to the top, I'm going to show them Colorado fellas a new purpose for this ski pole. I was going to get him, you know. <laughs> but <clears throat> seeing as that I couldn't make my way back up the hill without some help, he had to come down there and get me. I, I cooled off a little bit, and I let him slide. <laughs> but I got back on the ski lift, and I went up to the top of the mountain. And that's when the real fun began. Because I got off the ski lift, and, and it, have you ever been on top of a mountain? I mean, it's not like a gradual slope. It's like, and I looked over the edge, and I thought to myself, maybe I could just get back on the ski lift, and go back down, and take some ski lessons. And you know what I did? I'll tell you later. Who's ready for... 2020 to be over? Who's ready for a glorious 2021? I mean, who's ready to start living again? I mean, it's been a difficult year. I think everybody would agree. But you know what? Better results in your life are going to require better choices. It just don't come... Naturally, down here in this sin-fallen place called Earth, you won't get there by accident. You can say, "I want to go to," I want to go to Anthony's house, and you get in the car and start driving. You don't know the address. Well, you're not going to get there by accident. To get where God is calling you, you got to know the address. You got to know the path, and you got to make the right choice. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Somebody wrote on the internet, we make our choices, then our choices make us. We, that's deep. Let me say that again. We make our choices, but then our choices make us. Your life right now is a result of the choices that you have made in the past. Would you say that's true? Where you are is, is because of the roads that you have chose to go down. That's how you ended up here today. And I'm glad you ended up here today. Some of you probably hit the snooze button about ten times and, was, and your flesh was fighting so hard. But you know what? Your flesh, not even the devil, could stop you from being here today because you made the choice. And God's going to bless you. For making the right choice. You're where you're supposed to be. And when you make right choices, you'll be where you're supposed to be. And some of us say, well, the devil made me do this, the devil made me do that. No, he didn't. The devil doesn't make you anything. He just presents you with an alternative plan to God's choice, and you chose it. It's your choice. He can't make you do anything. Anything. power in your choice, and God gave it to you, gave you that power to make choices. In Genesis chapter 12, we read the story of uh, Abram, who was later to be called Abraham, and God called him, and he said, Abram, come out from among your family and go to a place that I'll show you. He was living in a place called Haran, and, and Abraham obeyed God. He made the choice to obey God, but he didn't obey him fully. Because he brought his nephew Lot with him. And he told him to come out from among his family, didn't he? But he brought Lot with him. But God still blessed Abram because he had a plan for Abram's life. Some of you are not making all the right choices. Maybe you're partially obeying, but God's still blessing you. But it's costing you more than you think. But anyway, because Abraham mostly obeyed God, his life began to prosper. Before you know it, he had more Cattle and cows and everything that they thought made them prosperous back in those days. He had it. And because Lot was with him, he was prosperous too. You know, it matters who you hang out with. And so Lot became so prosperous that the two of them had so many mouths to feed that the the pasture land wasn't big enough for the two of them. And their servants were getting in fights with one another. And That's my water. That's my grass over here. You get over there. And, and Abram said to Lot, he said, you know, we're family. We don't need this between us. He said, let's part ways. where way it will be more, more for all of us. And you choose which direction you want to go. And so Lot looked. He could have gone any direction. But it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that, that Lot stopped and prayed. Or considered God, he just l- went with what looked good to him, huh? <laughs> and Lot chose—I would say he chose to go with the culture because he went to the towards the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. You heard of those two? Those were desperately wicked folks, and he chose to go. With the culture, the modern day culture of his time. He went to, and and it says that his soul was vexed. It looked good. Everybody else was doing it. They were talking it up like it was, Sodom and Gomorrah, you got to live there. And isn't that what they're talking up today on TV? Sodom and Gomorrah, you got to live there. Everybody's doing it. Well, Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says his soul was vexed. I'm not sure exactly the meaning of the word vexed, but you ever felt vexed? (laughs) I think it's just a self-explanatory word. I think we've all felt that. It's like, oh, this just doesn't feel right to my spirit. This isn't right to a born-again child of God. This is what... Some of you go to your job and you feel vexed. And and he wasn't finding any peace where he was living. And in fact, God was going to judge the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah and he came to judge the towns of Sodom and Gomorrah and he pulled Lot and his wife out and he pulled his two daughters out and he tried to pull their boyfriends out but their boyfriends was too deeply ingrained in the sinful culture of Sodom and Gomorrah and would not go and in fact when they were leaving his very own wife turned back the appeal you know, there's, sin has an appeal. The modern culture, just to do what the culture says, it has an appeal. It seems like, well, you know, everybody else is doing it. They're having fun. They l- Look on Facebook how much fun they're having. Because Lot made the wrong choice, he lost his wife. His soul stayed vexed. There was never any peace in Lot's life. And he became a sad footnote in the history of the Bible. He didn't do the things that God would have planned for his life. He decided to follow the world's way. Now Abraham, on the other hand, he made some bad decisions. We've all made bad choices. There's nobody in the Bible except Jesus that made all the right choices. But Abram kept trying to make the right choice. He would consult God. He would listen to God, do what God said. He had the lot in his life. He had the Ishmael in his life. The flesh did get a hold of Abraham. You know, he made some bad decisions. And it cost him. You know, your bad decisions are going to cost you. But Abraham went on to become the father of many nations. And because of Abraham, he he by the end, he said, you know what? I'm just going to do what God says. I ain't even going to ask any questions. God said, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom I gave you, whom you love, and I want you to take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him. He said, yes, sir. What? Get the donkey and put some wood on it, Isaac. We got somewhere to be. He didn't question, got up early the next morning. I'm telling you, when you walk with God long enough and you see God's hand of blessing in your life long enough, you will do whatever he asked. And because he was willing to give his son Isaac, God gave his son Jesus, and he found a man he could make covenant with. And because Abraham was faithful to make the right choices before God, now we can enter into the blessings of Abraham. The blessings that belonged to Abraham can now belong to us because Jesus was able to enter the earth through the covenant made with Abraham. Choices. They're pretty important. Edwin Markham says choices are the hinges of destiny. What does a hinge do? It opens or it shuts a door. Your good choices opens the door for God's calling in your life. But if you're making bad choices, it shuts the door in your face. And who did it? Who chose? You know, Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. What does that mean? That means before God even created the world, he knew that we would sin. He knew that giving us the free will to make choices would cost him his only son. And he, he created us anyway. He created us in his image with the, as free moral agents, able to make our own Decisions in this life. Why? Because he wanted us to choose him. Not to be forced to follow him. But to choose him. Because love requires a choice. You can't make somebody love you. And God wanted you to choose to love him. It, has God made you love Him? Has God ever made you do anything? God gives us choices. Now, the government, human government, on the other hand, they say, whoa, that's too, that's too hard to let people make up their own mind. We need to make up their mind for them. They don't want you to have choices. That's why we, can't, we left England, right? We came over here because the government was telling us how to worship, how not to worship, what to do. They were taking all our money. We came over here to be free, to have the choice. And now the government again is the the reason we've been free all these years is because we limited the government. Y- y'all understand what I'm saying? But now we people are being brainwashed that we need more government. The government is going to squash you like a bug and take away all your freedoms, all your right to choose. They're going to tell you what to do. Because that's the easy way. But God didn't choose the easy way. He, to gave you, he chose to give you freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, and we ought to thank God for that. We ought to thank God for the freedom we have right now, and we ought to fight to keep this freedom that we have. Don't vote for big government. Have you ever, ever in the history of mankind, can you point to one place where the government had total control where the people were blessed because of it? That was the great American experience. Uh, Experiment. Thank you. And it is the great American experience. It is a, a government by the people and for the people. I'm not, I am don't know why I'm getting off on a political rant here. But it needs to be said. The government, the more power you give them, the less control, the more control they will have and the less choice you will have. Right. I don't know why I got into all that. guess it needed to be said. Since we're talking about choices, I should have pre- preached this before the election. You get a choice to choose your leadership. You need to take advantage of that. How do I make better choices in my life? Somebody came out with a bracelet a couple decades back and goes, said WWJD what would Jesus do it was what was that that was an effort to remind you to make choices that Jesus would make it was a great idea i don't know if it worked <laughs> but the concept is true if we want to make better choices in our life we need to choose what Jesus chose to do and you know how Jesus became this this world changer in three years of ministry. How he came so so successful, so awesome. Because he never gave his flesh a choice in the matter. You know, you got a flesh and you got a spirit. Hopefully you got a born again spirit. If not, we'll, we'll give you an opportunity to be saved before you leave. You have the spirit of God now and you can... You can follow the Spirit of God instead of give in and choose the flesh. And he never gave in to his flesh. He made up his mind on the front end. He already knew what he was going to do before he was faced with any problem. He already knew. At 12 years old, he was already studying the Scriptures to find out where his life should go. The the kind of decisions he should make in his life. In John 5, 19, it says, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son, and he shows him everything he's doing. See, if you've got that kind of heart, God, I want to follow after you. I want to do what you want me to do. He'll show you what to do. Jesus made up his mind. Ahead of time, this is how I'm going to be. He didn't give his flesh a say in the matter. Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it is death. We can't trust our own heart. Our hearts are deceitfully wicked. We think we know what's right in every decision. And if we're just making our decisions based on what we think, then this is the results that we will get. Proverbs 19, 21 says there's many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, it is the Lord's counsel that will stand. You've been falling a lot. Seem like you can't get back up off your knees. You need some knee pads for your life. You stay down on the ground more than you stay up. It's the Lord's counsel that will stand. That's how you stand. It's how you stop hitting the ground every five minutes. I'm going to give you a five-point checklist to a better to better choices in 2021. You ready? Real quick. Make better choices, you get better outcomes. So I'm going to give you five. There's a lot more, but these are five quick things that you can run a checklist in your mind when you're making a choice in your life. First is what does the Bible say? First and most obvious. This is basic instructions before leaving earth. God wrote it down for you. He made it plain. He he showed you what you should do. So have you consulted the Bible in your choice? Does it line up? Is it biblically uh, accurate, your choice? Number two, of course, have you prayed about it? Sometimes the Bible doesn't tell us what job to take, what spouse to choose. It doesn't get into the specifics, right? So you need to pray. You, you, you Then you use the framework of the Bible, the basic things, like if you're choosing a spouse, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever, right? It tells you a whole lot of things to look for in a wife or a husband, but it doesn't tell you if this person is the one. Then you need to pray and let the Holy Ghost show you. Boy, if we would... Base our choices on what the Word of God says. And in prayer, 99.999% of the time, our choices would lead to the results that we want. Number three, are my motives right? Sometimes, you know, you can bypass a little praying just if you get down to the, why am I doing this? people come up and ask me pastor is it alright if I do this do you think it's sin if I do if you're asking me that question you already know you already know are your motives pure James says we ask but we have not because we we ask with the wrong motives we want to just it's all about us Do your do your motives reflect the love of God then number four have you had any godly counsel? I mean, I'm not saying you're trying to choose whether you're going to eat some frosty flakes or some raisin bran. You, you got to call the pastor or something, you know. No. But if you're making a huge decision in your life, how many times I would have wished they would have come to me? Oh, we moved, Pastor. You didn't know? I was like, oh, no. Big decisions in their life, they needed godly counsel. There's three times in Proverbs where it says, uh, I wrote it down. In the multitude of counsel. That's in the multitude of counsel. More than just one counselor. Get godly counsel now. Don't go to your buddies. godly, And you shouldn't have buddies that you can't go to. But anyway, get you some godly counsel. It says three times in the Bible, that in the, in the multitude of counselors, the one time it says there's safety, one time there it says there's deliverance. And one time there it says that you'll be established. You'll be safe from harm. You'll be delivered from the wicked one. And, and you'll be established. So get you some godly counsel. And number five is do I have peace about it? Sometimes we're put on the spot and somebody's asking for a rushed decision. You need to back up. If it's like, uh, uh, I feel I, I feel this angst. You know, something ain't sitting right. Do not rush into decisions. And uh, get peace about it before you make up your mind. It, you're saying, but it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime deal. You know, that's the devil's biggest lie. It's a once-in-a-lifetime deal. Well, if God wanted you to have it, he can give it to you next time, you know. If God wants to get it to you, he'll get it to you. But if you're being forced into making that once in a lifetime deal and you don't feel good about it, don't do it. It's not God, It's not from God. You ever been to the car lot and they're, t- oh, I'm gonna give you five thousand dollars off of MSRP. What is MSRP? But some number you set, right? Okay, so you know get some peace. God leads by the still waters. Doesn't he? He leads you beside the still waters into green pastures. So what do you want out of life in 2021? If you will make decisions that please God on the front end, they will please you on the back end. Sometimes the decisions that you have to make are hard. It's not the thing that your flesh wants, right? Let's be honest. God wants you to do the right thing, not the easy thing. But if you'll make those decisions on the front end to do the God thing, then you'll be pleased on the back end. Set boundaries in your life. We did a a series one time about guardrails and boundaries. Already know certain areas. I am not getting over into that. You know, if, if if you if you was to get off the, the you fall asleep a minute and you fu- drive off the road a little bit. Hopefully, there's going to be a guardrail over here to bump you back in the road. You're not going to go off the cliff. And you need those in your life: guardrails and boundaries, thing, areas you know you're not going to go. Don't put yourself in a place that your only choices are bad. Make decisions to guard your life. If you have a problem with pornography, then get it. You know. Don't be alone with the computer or with your phone or something. You know, set yourself some boundaries so that you don't fall into the temptations that you have in your life. If you set guardrails of righteousness in your life, then you're much more apt to make a good choice in your garden moments. Don't you think it would have been easy for Jesus to say, Yeah. I'm sweating great drops of blood. I'm not putting up with this. Let somebody else do it, God. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Because he had already made up his mind what he came to do. He didn't wait until he was in the heat of the battle in the the valley of indecision to make up his mind. He knew what he was going to do. He knew he was always going to make the choice that would please God. Otherwise, we're just wandering around lost, like I was that day in the woods. I was coming back, and I'd, I guess, probably been a half mile or so out in the woods, and I was through hunting, and I was coming back to my truck, and I I knew my truck was like east or something. I was looking at the compass, and I was going east, and I was heading towards my truck, and, and I started getting back into what seemed like familiar territory. And I said, I, th- I think I recognize that tree and that creek right there. And even though it's still saying that's east, I know the truck's just right over there. If I go that way, I'm to have to go around and then come back to the truck. I'm just going to, I'm not going to trust the compass on this one. I know where I'm at. And so I just started walking where I thought the truck was. Ended up in a briar patch. I ended up farther away from the truck. And, I, and it took me about an hour to get for about a 10-minute walk. You've got to learn to trust God's positioning system, the GPS. you got to trust the compass. God sees above the trees. We get confused down here in the mess. We're seeing all the individual stuffs, but God sees yesterday, today, and forever all at the same time. He knows what you need to do, and you're trying to outsmart God. Well, God, I know you said that, but I'm going to be the exception to the rule because I know what I'm looking for is right over here. God's like, don't do it. Trust the compass of God. Base every decision on the word of God. That's called the lordship of Christ. Isn't it? Isn't that what you signed up for? To let him be lord? Lord? In Psalms 32 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. That sounds like a promise. Do you think you can trust God even when it doesn't make sense to your flesh? Even when your flesh is pulling you in a different direction, don't you think God is going to lead you down the best pathway? How many of you used to hate your mom and daddy? They always telling me to not do this, not do that. Now you look back and you say, thank you, mama, for not letting me do this or that. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. Don't be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. Isaiah 30 verse 21 says your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, there's a still small voice if you will listen for the voice of the shepherd. You shall hear his voice. You shall know his voice. If you have a relationship, if you're walking with God, he will send you down the right path. He'll say, don't don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Keep going straight. I'm with you. I'm leading you. I I want to watch over you. And it really just becomes a matter of faith. Do you trust God more than you trust yourself? Do you want to be on the throne or do you want him to be on the throne? And Jesus made up his mind when he came. There was no question. Father, you're on the throne. I'm doing what I see you do. I'm doing what you tell me to do. He made up his mind on the front end. And that's basically the whole message that I preached a long time ago about going whole hog. Jesus was whole hog. He didn't give himself a choice. He just did what he saw the Father tell him to do. And how... What pressure that takes off of you. Why don't we do that? I don't do it all the time. But I want to. I want to. I want God's results. And so here we are at, at 2021 coming up. We want it to be better than 2020. As God's people, let Him be Lord. Let him have the reins. Are you crisis ready? Because you know what? We don't always get to choose what our choices are going to be. Life comes at you fast. Sometimes your, your delta hand is like, none of my choices are good. None of them are obvious. Are you crisis ready? You know, after... A crisis is not the time to build your faith up. It's beforehand. Life will throw pop quizzes at you. You're, in this world, you shall have tribulation, Jesus said. It's coming. Stay prayed up. Know what your promises are out of the Word of God so that when. I remember hearing a story, I don't know where this is coming from, but about a little child that had fallen into the swimming pool and drowned. And they pulled it out. And the guy was telling the story, now is not the time to build up your faith. Now is not the time to say, oh, Lord, give me faith to believe. Now is the time to be a man or woman of God and say, "I bless God in the name of Jesus. Tribulations are coming. Stay ready. Keep going to school. Don't miss class. What if you missed today? Do you think you would be better off? <laughs> I need to preach somewhere else or something <laughs> or stop preaching? No, I believe this is a message from the Lord. Every time you miss you're missing something special something that God is trying to prepare you for the future. God wants to be able to trust you in the crisis. He wants you to stand up on the front of the boat and say, peace be still. And stop the wind and the waves. Didn't he look at them and say, what's wrong with y'all's faith? Don't wait till the crisis to then, oh, I need to get into the word and see what it says about that. If you'd have been on God's meal plan, you'd already know. God is preparing you for the future today. And God's given you a lot of wisdom today. You, you getting all this? Yeah. I think when you get back, you need to watch the video again. Share it with all your friends. We don't get to choose the consequences of our choice either, do we? They're built in. Some of us are petting little monsters in our life and wondering why we keep getting bit. Some of us are putting snakes in our jacket. This is a nice snake. It won't bite me. (laughs) No, a snake is always going to bite you. Some of us are, like I said, petting pornography. Some of us are petting, what did I write down? Uh, We're we're, we're thinking, well, alcohol ain't that bad. You know, I just do a little drugs. I know it's a toxic relationship, but I love him. And sometimes it's just something simple like overeating, not exercising. They have consequences too. Some of us are getting older and we're saying... Oh, I wish I'd have took better care of my body, my temple that the Lord gave me. There's consequences to your decisions. And we got to, we got to, if we want better results, we got to make better choices going forward. H.E. Fosdick said, he who chooses the beginning of the road chooses the place where it leads to. That's good. Your choices on the front end are leading somewhere. And there's going to be an outcome. And that's where you're going to be. That's where you are today because of your choices, the road you've taken to get here. And, and some of your choices ain't been that bad, comparatively speaking. But all of us could be going higher. All of us could be g- going from glory to glory. All of us could be coming up in the Lord. L- blessings on my life, so much I just got to give it all away. Have room enough to don't have room enough to receive it all. Because the right choices, your choice. Well, there I was on the top of that mountain. <laughs> and I had a choice to go back and get some ski lessons. But you know I didn't. I said, I'll give it a try. I was a little scared. So I, I got my ski straight. I pushed myself off the head. And I started going down. And it was kind of fast. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This, this is going to work out. And I'm doing 10, 15, 20 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour. I'm like, how do you slow this thing down? You know, my legs start doing that number here. By the time I got to about 60 miles an hour, I didn't know what was going to happen. I just, I just choose to fall over. I just, and it was like the $6 million man coming in for a landing. And I rolled, and I rolled, and my gloves went this way, and and uh, my ski poles went this way, and skis over here. And by the time I, I stopped rolling, I looked up, and my head was sticking out of my orange jumpsuit armhole, you know. <laughs> Needless to say, I, it took me 30, 40 minutes to get back on my skis, to gather all my stuff, because you're on an incline, I mean, straight down, and... Getting your skis back on was like miraculous. And it took me all day, all morning, to get to the bottom of the hill. And I only had one day because I jump seated in for the day. So I spent my whole day snow skiing just trying to survive. And you only get one trip in this life. And some of us are just trying to survive. Because we made bad choices. We We didn't choose ski lessons. We said, well, I got this. I'll figure it out on the way down. But that's not the way to do your life. Moses, when he was challenging the people to come out of your wilderness mentality, in Deuteronomy 30, 19, he said, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses, Seems easy, doesn't it? Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Everybody's going to see it. People on the earth are going to see, oh, they must have made bad choices in their life. Or man, what are they doing that I'm not doing? But heaven is watching too and keeping good records. So I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life So that you and your descendants might live. That you would really live. You can make this choice. How? By loving the Lord your God. Obeying Him. And committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. Do you want to know the key that starts your car? The key that brings you life? Love God and do His will. Obey Him and commit yourself firmly to do that. And that's the key to life. There it is. Boom, in a nutshell. In the end, your life will be the sum of the choices that you have made. And you'll give account. So, what are we going to do? You're going to keep deciding based on what your flesh feels, what your heart thinks? What everybody else is doing? you going to live in Sodom and Gomorrah? Or are you going to come out from among them and be you separate? Make choices based on the word of God in prayer. With good motives. With godly counsel. With peace in your heart. That's the way to go. That's the way I'm committed to go. And I'm praying that that's the way you're committed to go. I'll close with this scripture. Joel 3, 14. It says, thousands upon thousands. That means... Most people probably. Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. If you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you're waiting in this valley of decision, what are you waiting for? Because Jesus is coming back. The day of the Lord is going to return. And he's going to destroy the enemies. Those who have neglected and trampled through the blood of Jesus like it was no important thing. Don't be in that valley of decision. Go ahead and make your decision. Choose Christ. Choose life. I said before you today, life and death, blessing and cursing. Here are the hands. It's not a hard choice. He even tells us, choose life. Choose me that you may live. Here on the earth and in the afterlife to come. Or else you're going to be my enemy when I come back. The day of the Lord is coming. And now is the time to make that most important choice you will ever make. What are you going to do with Jesus?